Welcome to Best Song Ever. My name is Brian LeBen, and alongside me, as always, is my dear, dear cousin, Luke LeBen. How you doing today, Luke? Um, I'm, uh, I'm a little damaged. Yeah, you seem a little off. And you... disturbed, but yeah, yeah, like, um... What's going on? Just like Jared Leto, I'm damaged because I, uh, hmm. watched that, that new Joker film. Oh, and, boy. Yeah, well... First, before I get into the movie, mm-hmm. uh, back it up, and I want to tell you about when I was going to see the movie. Mm-hmm. I was leaving my mm-hmm. house, and what did uh, you do before? How like did you shower? Oh, what I did shower. What time did you leave? I um I had cleaned the apartment, ran the Roomba, and oh, um ran the Roomba. <laughs> ran you the have Roomba. a Roomba? I do. We got yeah, it for dude, the wedding. You, yeah, you're living that high life. How do I you, will say, how does it work? I'm about to sound like such a privileged whiner because the Roomba is weird because it never goes where I want it to go. Oh, and then it'll take like a while and it'll eventually get there. But I want to be like, go right here and clean mm, this. Mm-hmm. So you want like a sentient Roomba that can like listen to you and understand commands. Yeah. So you, you left. But to, uh, okay. To go. So. Okay, so I'm leaving uh, my apartment, and I see, uh, like, a bunch of bikes coming. And you know that I live right on a main street in Detroit, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a lot of, like, those bike or, like, the slow roll things come through there. And um, but I hear, like, cars honking, like, behind them. And I could see they're, like, blocking the whole road. And so by the time I get in my car, they're blocking me, so I can't pull out. Mm. And... Um, it was all like a bunch of like punks in there. They all were in like leather jackets and stuff. Ooh. A lot of them had like clown noses, and one dude was like wearing like a purple suit, dressed like the Joker. Oh boy! It was like a little Joker parade. You would think it would be make me afraid, but it was just annoying <laughs> because they were right. just blocking the road, and they didn't look intimidating at all. There was like the the end of the parade was like uh like uh, sorry like a motorcycle with like a bed behind it not like a mattress like a truck oh. bed <laughs> like and there was like a dude with a case of pbr <laughs> sitting oh, back man. there yeah um but uh then they were just like blocking the whole road and there was like cars behind them like honking and getting pissed and i luckily i just like dodged around them but i was like you're not cool punk disruptors you're just assholes who are making people late you know one person's asshole is another, another person's, person's disruptor, disruptor. um yes. so how many you said parade like how many of these people um, were i they? don't it was probably like 30 to 50 people oh, wow. but they were straight they did not need to be taking up as much space as they need as they were they were blocking like mm. the left lane the bike lane the whole Every yeah. lane you could get your hands on, you oh, know, they man. were blocking it. And um, see, this is what they warned us about when the jo- when Joker it's came true. out. Like, there's going to be people blocking your streets, um, dressed up stupid, like dressed like assholes, stupid, scaring the living daylights mm-hmm. out of you. And um, yeah, so luckily I I dodged around them, but then like obviously because. I've heard about like what's going on and like the worries about like violence. Right. When I was watching the movie, I was like, okay, I'm going to be aware of my surroundings in case I see anyone standing up or acting weird. I'm going to be on alert. And there was fucking people would not stop getting up in this movie. Mm. I don't know why people kept like going to the bathroom, Mm -hmm. coming back. And there were so many kids in there. And this one woman kept getting up with like her little kids going out, coming back. Mm. And I was like, these kids should not be in this right. movie. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, so that was interesting. Now, the movie overall, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say that I did... Well, I don't know if I want to say I enjoyed it, because I am damaged and disturbed from it. Right. Because it's a dark movie. Um, I do think it's well done, but it doesn't give me like the fun, like, yeah, oh, that's sweet feeling mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. like Avengers Endgame or something. Um, what do you uh, give it out of five? I'd give it a... I'd give it a four out of five. Oh, that's, um, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, this dang film has haunted me. I was mm. laying in bed last night mm-hmm. just like, think, like I honestly can't stop thinking about it. I keep reading reviews about it and watching uh, like videos. And I've read a lot of bad reviews, like people who think it doesn't have any value. And I find it interesting because I think like the nerd stuff I watch where they're picking up on the, these little things that without i don't really want to say that much but Mm -hmm. i just think it's interesting that the reviews that say it has nothing to say and has no value um other than joaquin phoenix everyone agrees joaquin phoenix is amazing in it but they're sort of overlooking certain elements that other people have picked up on but i think it's cool because i haven't seen this many different takes on a movie in forever because i like i read a lot of reviews for different movies and i feel like there's just so many different things. So that's why I'm like, I feel like there is a lot you can take away from it. Mm -hmm. You can read it in a way where it's sort of nihilistic and whatever. That's the argument that a lot of people are saying. But I think clearly a lot of people are finding a lot of other meaning. I took a lot of other meaning from it. And so I sort of, yeah, I sort of disagreed with some of the, the uh, reviews I read that said it had no value, but Hey, I um, understand their criticism, and I appreciate the diversity of opinions. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, quite an interesting social thing that's happening with it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, sounds interesting. I'll see it at some point. Probably not in the theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what I'm like, if you don't care about comic book stuff, or don't don't worry about it. <laughs> I right. don't think, like, I like Scorsese movies and comic book movies, so I'm like, I want to see it. but Right. All right, well, this is, of course, the best song ever, and we're going to play some hand-selected, finely-crafted mm-hmm. songs for you. Yeah. If Brian plays one that really honks my clown nose, <laughs> then I'm going to give it my stamp of approval, which is Lordy Lordy Barry Gordy. And if I play one that really puts a smile on that face, oh. <laughs> then Brian's going to give it his stamp of approval, which is... Papa likey, uh, but Papa don't likey Papa that. Scary. <laughs> Papa scary. <laughs> um, so I'm going to get us started. So my first song comes from a London-based band that just celebrated their 20th anniversary of their first release. This is the band Spearmint. Are you familiar? No, not at all. Not one bit. Well, this excites me and delights me. Um, because they're often referred to as Britain's best kept secret. Mm. And they came out of the Britpop boom of the mid nineties, which bands like Oasis, you know, emerged from. Um, but they're, they've had a much different career and I feel like reading their story, it's pretty inspiring to DIY musicians because like they made their own label called Hitback and released their own music and have remained like a low-key cult favorite and actually uh joseph gordon levitt in 500 days of summer says i don't want to live in a world where no one's heard of spearmint so 
let's make Joseph Gordon-Levitt's dreams come true. Mm. <laughs> um, JGL, baby. We gotta please him. I've always, yes. I've dreamt about pleasing JGL oh, so many times. Yes. So well, we now we can finally make that happen. So... Uh, Frontman Shirley Lee said, somebody compared us to those soldiers who were still in the forest years later because they didn't realize the war was over. I get that, but for us, there was never an army, let alone a war. We were never a part of a movement or a part of a scene. We've always been on our own all the way, and we still are. It sometimes makes it hard financially, but it's worth it. We've been happily ignored most of the time, but it's allowed us to just get on with it. And I like that, just being... On your own, not a part of any like scene, not a big famous band or anything, but they uh, just like making music and have kept doing it for 20 years now. And uh, they're readying the release of their new album, Are You From The Future? And uh, Shirley Lee said this about the title. Uh, Are You From The Future refers to the younger folk who will see a future that I won't. I can apologize for what my generation and the baby boomers are passing on, the sooner the current teens and 20-somethings are running the world, the better, as far as I'm concerned. So I think uh, that's something that a lot of us are eager to see, that future that he's referring to. And uh, you could classify this band as like jangle pop or indie rock or Brit pop or whatever, but that does not really do them justice, as you're going to hear on this song. We're going to listen to the album opener, Here's Spearmint with 24 hours in A&E.
that song was very alarming. Like, right away, uh, it followed the discussion about Joker well, because it threw me off right away um, with a lot of noise up top. Yeah. And then settled into this nice psychedelic, there was some wah guitar going on, um, and nice string action and uh as well as some uh some good harmonies and uh like wordless vocal passages which were cool um yeah and it it was a it was an interesting song it went in different directions that i didn't expect um you know you you said that they don't fit into like the jangle pop or or you know brit pop sort of conventions and that's definitely true but you know you you mentioned those words and so i was expecting the something that resembled it a little bit but um no it it was it was just kind of its own thing and and psychedelic so yeah Yeah. they sort of remind me of like uh jens leckman type especially with those strings that sort of style as well but um that i was listening to that first release of theirs and even back then they had like that sort of jangly uh rock sound but with like some orchestration like really well produced uh like instrumentation throughout and so yeah i was surprised by this as well i was alarmed when i heard it too Uh, the alarms were sounding and Mm -hmm. i was like Mm -hmm. call the deputy and get him down here (laughs) you got it um and actually the title 24 hours in a and e when i was searching for it to play it a bunch of videos uh came up of this british documentary show which is i have assuming where they get the title from that is set in a teaching hospital and hmm. so when he says in the end there the uh that time spent in the a and e was so sweet for you and me and like saying i'm like wondering if that was yeah like some time spent in a hospital i'm assuming that's what that means and maybe it was like sort of a trying time with someone in the hospital but they found some good in it but um yeah very little lyrics it's interesting Mm -hmm. that's just my read on those lyrics at the end there but um it's a really interesting structure and like you said the wad out guitar i didn't really think of it as psychedelic because i thought it was interesting how they're sort of using the guitar as percussion like just as like a like and um and i feel like that's not done that often and is kind of unique and uh also with the structure being sort of strange how it just sort of there's a verse at the beginning and end and sort of builds in between uh Shirley Lee said it was written when we were halfway through actually recording the album I was so proud of the song especially the structure which I think is unique I was worried that the band or JB wouldn't get it and would want to change it and make it more orthodox but they all got it straight away and it was a pleasure to work on and makes the perfect opener to the album so, yeah, I'm bummed that I missed the first 20 years of this band's career, but now get to go back and check it out, and what I was listening to today was really good, and I'm excited to hear their new album. So that was Spearmint with 24 Hours in A&E from Are You From The Future, out November 1st on their own hit-back label. Oh, can I tell a Spearmint-related story really quick? Is it about gum? Sort of. Okay. Okay. So when I was young and I've like, I've told the story to my parents and they like told me where we were, who I was talking to, but I don't really care. I sort of like it without knowing we were at some like church service. I don't know where we were, but it was not where we like normally went to church when I was younger. And there was like a Sunday school where this guy, he had like 
a very deep voice like <laughs> a deep voice like this and it was going a little weird there <laughs> but um he was like having us answer bible questions for these green thumb they were these spearmint gummies that were shaped like a thumb and he was oh. like, get green thumbs. Oh, you get a green thumb. And like when you answered one and then like he gave me one, I think I answered a question right or something. And then afterwards I was like kind of young. And, uh, afterwards he was like talking to my parents, I think, and they knew him and he kept giving me green thumbs. He's like, here, have another green thumb. And oh, I, I just, I felt bad. Like I needed to keep eating them. And so I kept eating them and they like made me nauseous and gave me like a headache. Uh, and for years, the smell or taste of spearmint would like make me nauseous. Mm. And I recently got over it, but it was just this weird like association from when I was young that spearmint made me sick just because this man was handing me gummies and I was just like, I got to eat them <laughs> eating this, green thumbs. This is very disturbing. Right? Um, I understand why you're damaged. Right? Now. This is worse um, than the Joker movie. Yeah, this, I, I feel like I need to help you heal over the rest of this time <laughs> because I like... I'm worried about you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you could provide that support for me, I would really appreciate that. Yeah, I'll try to. Um, Hopefully no more trauma like that gets brought up. Right. Um, I'm kind of at a loss for words right now, but I'm going to try and soldier on, and I think I'll go into a song that's actually about being at a loss for words. Um, well, that worked out. It worked out really well, and there uh spearmints from london i believe mm -hmm. you said these uh these people are from london as well uh but this is a brand new band they released their first ep earlier this year and have another ep out in october this month um this is dry cleaning and um i have been listening to this band uh like they have some singles out they have that ep out from earlier this year and they make really good angular post-punk um, guitar rock. Really enjoy it. They have a, their own spin on it, though, um, which I think is pretty interesting. The song we're going to listen to is about being at a loss for words. Like I said, vocalist Florence Shaw says it's set at the moment just after being suddenly dumped. You cling to details, things you did together, and reel at their significance. If you smell their perfume on someone else, you feel overwhelmed, but immediately and painfully aware of how lightning quick a relationship can evaporate into thin air. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, pretty interesting and just a really great sounding uh, song. They fit a lot into uh, three and a half minutes of rock music staples that I really enjoy. So let's take a listen to Dry Cleaning with Sit Down Meal. Sometimes I get no moms in bed 
That was cool. I liked how it towed the line between like noisy, crunchy mm-hmm. punk and then got pretty at times. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed her sort of spoken word, sit down meal. And what was the line she whispered? That part was cool. Uh, I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed, I really liked the guitar and like blending the, bringing in the acoustic, uh, as well as the electric and had some sick licks and, uh, yeah, it was cool. Yep, yep, yep. You you talked about it. Um, I, did, I did the thing. Yeah, thing. no, the, I I love the combination of those elements. Um, sometimes her vocals were like deadpan. Sometimes they were like speak like speaking almost uh, spoken word poetry sort of. Sometimes, sometimes they, they were, were pretty, life pan. Right. Sometimes they were life pan. Really pretty uh, vocals as well. Uh, the guitars kind of. Also went from some sweet licks, as you said, uh, into also like just some uh, settling into a groove with yeah. uh, with the rhythm section as well. Um, yeah, it, I I really like this song. I think it's a really interesting rock song, um, and just the idea of you're nothing but a fragrance to me now. Yeah, it's so cool. It's such a great line and. I, we've talked on here about how I don't have strong memories or like any memories mm-hmm. <laughs> from certain points in my life. Sometimes concerns me, um, but sometimes fragrance or some sort of smell. Oh, it's like the strongest sense. Yeah, uh, for remembering things. Yeah. Um, like just recently, not to brag, but I was uh, cleaning out my hot tub. I I have a hot tub. Uh-huh. <laughs> not sure if you know that. Um, I've soaked in it. Oh yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, was refilling it, putting chemicals in, and I smelled chlorine, and I was, like, instantly back in the swimming, like, the the local public swimming pool where I learned to swim, and, like, I literally have no memories from middle school, yet somehow just the smell of chlorine, I see, like... I'm there having swimming lessons, mm. and it's it's yeah. just super weird. Um, so yeah, that that line, "You're nothing but a fragrance to me now," is just so so interesting. Like they'll they'll always tie into that smell for the rest of their life. Yeah, and you know what else that reminds me of? No, I don't. Do tell. Uh, it reminds me of a line from your favorite band, uh, Bon Iver. That is uh, Bon Iver a band or a person? It's a band and a person. It's, it's pretty well, much. Justin Vernon's a person. Bon Iver's a band. Um, is and it the same people? Do we need to get into the weeds? <laughs> sorry. Of the Bon Iver band? There's five guys. Yes, I think. I've always just. Consistent. I'm sorry. I don't it's mean switched. to be an asshole, but I've always seen Bon Iver Brian, as one I person. I gave you the dang history when I played a song on the show. Did you say He's, dank history? It, yes, it's a show I'm starting where uh, people get high and try to remember history stories that they've learned. I feel like that's this has a, been done before. That's a pretty good idea, actually. Uh, you, Drunk history. Maybe I should pitch that to Derek Waters. You should pitch history. Dank History to what's his name? Who's the comedian who uh, getting Doug with high? Doug, Doug whatever. Benson. Yeah, pitch that to Doug Benson. What about D- Dank History? And <laughs> oh, it's just her stories. Her stories. I love it. <laughs> um, no, but there's that line. These will just be places to me now. And it's sort of, it's different, but similar, just that it's not sort as good. of where a thing where you have an attachment to mm-hmm. because of whatever reason, and then there's that missing piece, and it's like, 
you still sort of have that memory, that attachment, but there is sort of an emptiness and like something missing. So that's a, uh, yeah, I like that line a lot too. Mm-hmm. Brian, I am a bit concerned. You've mm-hmm. said you don't have memorized memorized before <laughs> memories. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you got flashed with some sort of men in black neuralizer situation <sighs> or, um, if you bonked your head on that pool and you have mm. amnesia or the worst option that you're blocking out some bad memories, but I I feel like my immediate thing is to go to that. I'm blocking (laughs) like something terrible has happened to me. So I think like best case scenario is men in black situation. I think so. I think you just been hit too much of that dank history. You know what I mean? Oh, damn some. (laughs) So that was dry cleaning with sit down meal (laughs) from boundary road snacks. Ah, and drinks sorry boundary road snacks and drinks that band is like just a day of errands all in one you do your dry cleaning you have a nice sit down meal and then you go and get your road snacks and, and your you drinks road snacks and then you're all this good. is yeah that's synergy right there so so that ep's out october 25th on it's okay is it okay i hope it is sure i don't know my next song comes from a american born but montreal as you say based singer what do you say i say montreal it's very very hard to tell it's mon versus mon 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 yeah mon it's not jamaica (laughs) it's not it's canada and so this is little scream it's a musical project of singer and multi-instrumentalist laura sprangelmeyer and uh, her third album, Speed Queen, is coming out soon. Her new album deals with uh, her ruminating on her low-income upbringing in a flyover state. And, as she says, taking it all in from the privileged position of being a new Canadian. And uh, so it deals with things like poverty and uh, politics. The first song actually was called uh, Dear Leader. Obviously mm. political mm-hmm. in just the title. And the video had, like, cameos from, like, Arcade Fire and The National and all these people. It was pretty crazy. Um, But we're going to hear the new song, Disco Ball. And I want to just read this story that she told. Um, It has to do with the creation of the song and the album. Um, So she tells this story of driving down the highway and uh, buying a Flying V guitar for $150. Mm. She just said, like... I vowed to myself if they had a guitar, I would buy it um, at this antique mall. She says, I canceled my flight in the parking lot, then drove to the nearest quiet road I could find. I sat in a small clearing near the Apple River and began to write this album. Disco Ball is one of the songs that was born musically on the country road after I bought the Flying V guitar. It incorporates many of the observations from being on the road with the last album, feeling a sense of recognition in the down-and-outness of the places we visited, identifying with that sense of having been duped for following your dreams in every closed shop window we passed, thinking about how that book, The Secret, must be responsible for a countable percentage of the subprime mortgage crisis, thinking about struggling as a musician but having that be the thing that allows me to make a disco ball out of all the smashed mirrors of my past taking all of this and thinking about how to make an anthem of hope for times when you feel you have nothing. So I think it's a really beautiful idea Mm, of mm -hmm. taking the smashed mirrors, taking all your hard times and 
turning them into something beautiful. So let's take a listen to Little Scream with Disco Ball. Well, it hurt too much to pray for it, so I sold my shit to pay for it. Now I'm ragged and I'm lean, bearing the dead weight of a dream. But I remember it well, I remember it clear that Mama last said I've gotta get out of here, singing that holiday tune. that song yes. um really cool it had uh i like that song a lot actually um it was interesting it had an americana vibe to it but also this like weird mm. wall of sound that kind of made th- each element all blend together with her voice standing out yeah. and then a 
occasionally like a, a little synth line would would pop out or the guitar strumming mm-hmm. uh would and all that combined with uh you know make yourself a, a disco ball just that idea of taking you know like you said the yeah. broken things and making something out of it um really great yeah i i like that a lot i've heard of little scream but i don't know that i've really listened to uh her music before and uh, this makes me feel like a fool. Yes. I should have been listening to her all along. A little squeam on the track, um, which I had, I feel like I had. Uh, the, I recognized the cover to her 2016 album Cult Following. So similarly, I feel like I'd heard of her, but not really uh, dug in. And I listened to the other tracks she like uh, released recently, and I liked them, but. Um, this one really grabbed me more than the others, and yeah, I like the the sort of airy anthemic style of it. Reminds mm-hmm. me of like a War on Drugs sort of mm-hmm. thing, but I love that that what she does with that voice being like wah, 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 wah. Mm-hmm. Um, creating that sort of choir um, of voices behind her was just that one voice. And I mean, the the lyrics here, just reading them again, I'm just like it's all just so beautifully and just so perfectly said like what that point she's trying to get across i love the uh second verse i sold myself to the american dream i got a predatory loan with my spirit on lean and i think that's like a really like you know we live uh in i live in detroit and we live around detroit and it's like we see all those boarded up buildings too and like i mean a Mm -hmm. lot of it's being like repurposed sometimes Mm -hmm. but there's still like those times where you drive by and i'm like i've always been sort of haunted by those and like they make me sad when i pass because i'm like i just think about like the life that was in there before the owner who like yeah maybe they did stake their hopes and dreams on it maybe they put a lot into that and it didn't work out for them and it's like really depressing to think of and that idea of like where you are so desperate to uh like like she says uh a drunken train wreck with a sense of direction gonna make it out of here despite your affection and just being like, I've got to get out of here. Like so much is riding this on this for me. And then they're duped or taken advantage of or screwed over in a way. And uh, like, it's a really uh, sad symptom of our society. And um, like, you don't realize so much, like how much is riding on it for people. And then I like how she leaves it just being like, obviously the line about go and make yourself a disco ball and let your light scatter and fall through it all so being like you know life's gonna kick you around and um just gotta spread your light spread your love uh any way you can so that was a little scream with disco ball from speed queen out october 25th on merge records little scream little scream little scream you know that song little fang by av tear nope that's why I keep wanting to sing when I see her name. Oh, that's, that's a good scream. song. No, I... Let her scream, let her scream, let her scream. No, I don't know it. Why do you keep talking to me about it? I feel like you're still damaged. We're talking about things that, I'm, like, yeah, you put it together, you make it better and stuff, but also, like... I've got a lot of emotions going on right it's now, It's depressing man. a little yeah. bit. Um, no, it's, it's hopeful at the end, though. It's it is endemic. hopeful at the end, but I feel like you're still holding on to some of that damage, you know? You're, you're still Jared Lettoing all over this podcast, and I, I'm going to do my best to bring some hope into the equation, some more hope, build on the hope that happened at the end there, 
and uh, go into um, a really great song from a band I believe you like. We've played them on the podcast before. This is Great Grandpa. Yeah, I remember this band. So Great Grandpa uh, put out a really great album, Plastic Cough. It was their debut. It was very fun and playful, uh, rock sound. They uh, they described it as like Seattle garage jams with playful nods to pizza and zombies. You know, they were just having Ooh. fun with it. But um, for their sophomore album, they're changing. They're, no fun. Uh, no, there's still fun. Uh, but they're uh, blooming. They're they're uh, morphing. Ooh, like an onion, yes. Into a different band, and I feel like this song is going to surprise you. It doesn't sound. Like the great grandpa we knew. Um, this is this is a totally different great grandpa. One that um, he's like reinventing himself exactly. after retirement. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the there have been uh, a few really great singles from this upcoming album. All of them are, are pretty different. The most recent one, Bloom, uh, I I love a lot, and that's the one we're going to listen to. And. Um, one of the songwriters of uh, of Great Grandpa said uh, that she wanted to write it as a song for someone else in their band uh, that combined many of their favorite genres and artists, which are 90s pop country, Tom mm-hmm. Petty, mm-hmm. Third Eye Blind, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, and The Beatles. I feel like those were just five repeats of the same thing. <laughs> No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, the Beatles, Taylor Swift, Third Eye Blind, they're all so similar. All the same thing. Um, but make it into something cohesive, and I think they did a really good job with that. I'll um, be the judge of that. Yes, you will. I'm, I'm hoping that this is going to get you to say, Lordy, Lordy, Barry Gordy. I hope that this will bring you joy, and I hope that you're going to attach with the meaning of the song as well and it's gonna make you a less damaged motherfucker and yeah. happier for me to be around because you're really bringing me down man boy you weren't kidding when you said you were gonna bring some hope you just said it like five times <laughs> yeah that's right and i yelled at you too which is always a good a good plan let's you know let's stop having me try and do this because i'm failing and see if great grandpa can let's take a listen to great grandpa with bloom
That was interesting. That was cool. I liked the 90s. I was like, whoa, right away. I was yeah. like, you warned me, but I was surprised mm-hmm. how like 90s pop country it was going. Um, I feel like that would have fit well on the Parent Trap soundtrack around along Sixpence None the Richer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely hear those influences you're talking about. And it's cool how they sort of blended that style and then had sort of a like a auto-tune-y vocoder type mm-hmm. effect on her voice, which I feel like was an interesting touch with that style. And then that build at the end with the bloom and the orchestration was really nice. Um, I, I hate to dash your hopes. I'm sorry I didn't give it a lordy. That's I, okay. I really right. did enjoy it. I think it was really well done. Not quite my favorite style, but it's creative and um, masterfully done. I did uh, like the the sentiment, as you're saying, I feel like aligns really well with the little scream, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that line she said at the end? Uh, it was the last line that was sort of repeated. Something about having step- friends around you. Oh, well, the, the chorus is step into whatever you want to and let your spirit bloom. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. baby. Yeah, it's great. It's beautiful. It's similar to, yeah, like letting your light scatter and fall. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that a lot. Talked about some FOMO in that second verse, talking about mm-hmm. like uh, wanting to go out or like missing out on things, and but having people around you that support you. And yeah, I thought it was uh, some really beautiful lyrics, cool styles going on. Yeah, it's a it's a cool weird little song. As we were listening to it, I was like, this is a little too '90s pop country for Luke. But um, I'm I'm happy you at least liked aspects of it and oh, the yeah. song as a whole. Um, I really like the lyrics throughout. Um, you know, we talked about the chorus. I also, in the first verse, she's singing about how um, she like takes comfort in knowing Tom Petty wrote his best songs when he was yeah. 39. Just um, knowing that you know this is their second, like this is the sophomore album. They're changing as a band to know like to look forward as like this songwriter you love didn't like really hit their stride until later mm-hmm. in life and she says the the line of something about like tell me i'm strong enough to change um, yeah yeah or tell me i'm young enough to change as well and um just that tying in with bloom and blooming and you know letting yeah. your spirit bloom I, th- I think is really nice what's interesting is that um uh, she, the songwriter, talks about how in a lot of Tom Petty's great songs, there's an underlying melancholy emotion that's masked by joyful melodies. Hmm. Um, what she wanted to do in with Bloom is, uh, as she says, I wanted to put our own twist on this formula and instead let the music and melodies do the reveal, while the lyrics remain simple and almost naive. As if you're giving yourself a half-hearted, almost cheesy motivational pep talk. Um, yeah, you need those cheesy motivational. You do, pep and talks and sometimes. I I really I, like I was listening to it to it uh, quite a bit today, and uh, I was really attaching to the cheesy motivational pep oh, talks. Yeah. It, it talk it was great, but the, the it does get dark there, and like the mm-hmm. it gets melancholy in the music yeah. when the lyrics still. I just all of that thinking going into the structuring of the song really cool yeah and it's a cohesive song given all of the conflicting elements going on with the uh with the writing and uh structuring of it so i very interesting 
I didn't know that about Tom Petty that like, I mean, I haven't followed his career that he wrote at 39 and I feel like that is a thing. I mean, I, I felt that before. I feel like, especially, I don't know if it's a generational thing or just in general, just feeling like, oh, it's too late for me, but it's never mm-hmm. too late, baby. That's right. And yeah, you got to give yourself those motivational pep talks to keep going sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, sometimes the cheesiest, simplest sentiments uh, have a lot of power. So true. So that was Great Grandpa with Bloom from Four of Arrows, which is out October 25th on Double Double Whammy. All right, well, my next song comes from another Canadian. Oh! Um, oh, this, Canada. All natives of Charlottetown, Prince Island, uh, Prince Edward Island. Mm, Prince um, Edward Island. Do you know much about Prince Edward Island? Tell it to me, baby. <laughs> so it's an island. It's in Canada. It's called Prince Edward Island. And it's also the setting for um, the... Anne of Avonlea book series and uh, Anne of Green Gables. Uh, Anne of Green the, Gables, yes. <laughs> Anne of Green Gables. Uh. See, when they went that direction with it, I was like, this uh, is not a good story for young cool. girls. Not cool at all. Um, also, Road to Avonlea was a TV show I watched as a young Canadian youngster. Oh, really? Uh, on the Canadian Broadcasting Company, CBC. Uh, CBC. Um, yeah, Prince Edward Island is storied. Uh, all of the Canadian kids know about it. You'll want to go there, but you can't. It's expensive oh. to get oh. there. Uh, I, like, I mean, you can like a... you can get there. I <laughs> just haven't. Zone I haven't been there, and I would like to go sometime. Okay, but anyway, go ahead. Let's do it. Let's go visit all these dudes, even though they're based in Toronto now. But uh, this is the band Kiwi Junior. This has members of the band always in it. What band? I've never heard of that band before. Oh, Always. Sorry. Oh, Always. Thank um, you. And uh, this band is uh, tour. They've had opening spots for Wolf Parade, New Pornographers, and Always. And uh, <laughs> now their album Football Money is coming out. Mm. Yeah, you know all mm, about you that. You got to get that football money, son. And this is a Jan 17th release. So <gasps> 2020. Yeah. It's uh, we're getting into 2020 now. I always like seeing when uh, members of one band have their own project, and you see mm-hmm. like the similarities and differences, compare and contrast, compare and uh, contrast, yeah. pros and cons, right, and right, right. um, you can definitely hear some of that jangle influence that influenced uh, always, but they've got some punk influence as well. The uh, the video for this song we're about to hear that's called Salary Man, uh. I feel like uh, the video is like a low budget, tongue in cheek uh, sort of thing. It's a little cheesy, campy, but um, I just want to read the note because I feel like it oddly fits in with some of the stuff we've been talking about. They say, after the fall of civilized society, all that's left is a future rife with radioactive dogs and the remains of parties that never really took off. Clad in suit and tie, and unable to part with their old routine, our hero wanders aimlessly through debris and cleanup crews, searching for the remnants of something compelling and desirable. Whoa. Yeah, right? That's like an origin story right there. So let's take a listen to Kiwi Jr. with Salaryman.
this uh, talks over coffee Nothing says home like a basket of folded white shirts We can forgive, but we will forget Salary man, salary man does whatever a salary man can. That song was awesome. Yeah, Papa Likey, <laughs> of course. Um, it's uh right off the bat, I knew this was a Papa Likey. The guitar came in wonderfully jangly, mm-hmm. and then uh, vocals reminded me a little bit of Parquet Courts, but not like. Yeah, I could see that. Not like not exactly. But. Yeah. Like, uh, in this in a similar vein, but it was, like, kind of brighter and a little more, like, fun and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was a good ounce of fun. It was super catchy, and um, it also lyrically made me think of uh, both of us. Uh, I loved the line, salary man, or I, I'm a salary man, I want 
uh, cigarettes from Japan that taste like oranges. <laughs> this reminds me of That's like me. you are like I, I'm a salary man. I want to tell my Roomba to do what I want it to do and go where and clean where I want it to clean. And I'm like, I'm a salary man. I spend the weekends cleaning out my hot tub and thinking about right. the pub. You know, like, right. so I, I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I sometimes I feel like kind of like a fancy man, but like, like, a but like, a kind of an imposter fancy man, you know, like, yes. like I, as I progress in life and am more comfortable, I, I feel like an imposter, but, like, at the same time, it's nice to have those comforts and to, like, be able to have them. You can embrace your fancy man, Brian. Yeah. If you believe you're a fancy man, you are. I thought you were going to say the line about throwing up in the sink reminded me. Oh. <laughs> you and me. It that reminds like something I do. <laughs> it reminds me of when I was in social work and had to clean out vomit from a sink. That was great bummer <laughs> but no i think uh see the it's interesting because it is very fun and catchy and like they're clearly they're having a laugh oh, if you will they really like are. ricky gervais and um Ugh. but i feel like the they're sort of talking about that disillusionment of of modern life of being that salary man and mm-hmm. the video sort of following uh this uh, girl as she's going through being like a salary man and seems like disillusioned with that life. Um, I really like that part about the times I was mean to someone who was just trying to help me. And um, there's a lot of like goofy lyrics, but I think there's some, uh, some actual uh, like meaningful sentiments behind them. I do like, I just threw up in the sink and that's okay. Accepting, accepting your flaws but that uh it it reminds me going along of being an imposter fancy man is um because <laughs> i do feel like that a lot where it's like i'm like i've put on this like cleaned up somewhat persona outwardly and i'm like i'm a fucking mess if you only knew <laughs> you're a monster <laughs> i'm a monster yeah. i'm a monster um yeah so it's it's a uh, I, a cool sound. I like that you hear the sort of jangliness that you would get with always, but I like that it keeps you on your toes. It's sort of switching up, like you said, with the singing. Sometimes he's doing a sort of spoken word thing, uh, but then going into more normal like melody. And then I uh, like how they'll do that da, 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 and like mm-hmm. just throw in those little punk uh, things to interrupt the sort of pretty jangly melody that they've got going on. So, yeah. I'm uh I was very impressed. I was like, okay, I'll check this out. Members of Always and I feel like I liked seeing how their sound a little bit overlaps with the band, but how they do uh have their own sound going on and I'm definitely interested to hear more from them. So that was Kiwi Jr. with Salaryman from Football Money out January 17th on Persona Non Grata Records. So, I'm going to take us out on a band that means so much to me uh very nostalgic about this band this is wilco have you ever heard of them before huh. wilco more like won't co uh yeah oh god <laughs> yeah uh, i know don't them. embarrass me in front of jeff tweedy <laughs> i'm um, sorry jeff i love you wilco incredible rock, indie rock band um from chicago and they've been around 
since the late 90s or mid 90s um and yankee hotel foxtrot uh came out in 2001 was like the defining album of my college life uh i listened to i listened to that so much i love it it's one of my favorite albums of all time um Every you know, I I just recently did a listen through of Wilco's entire discography to get ready for this new album, and um, it was such a a joy to experience the the old albums and also see how they kind of how they morphed in the in the two thousands and uh, later. Uh, the last few have been uh, fun and. Uh, kind of whimsical in a way um they've described them as low stakes uh they're they're just a really really interesting band and um the new album that just came out last week is excellent one of their best albums i think it's their best maybe since yankee hotel foxtrot which uh is is a big statement i need to get to know it a little bit better but it is, uh, it's really fantastic. Jeff uh, Tweedy said the last couple Wilco albums were low stakes, and he felt like they owed it as a band to take it seriously, to get a bigger stake album. Take up the stakes. And so they um, they spent a lot, of, a lot more time on Ode to Joy than they have their last few. And I think that really shows... Um, all of the members are present on this. However, it was really uh, Jeff Tweedy and the drummer Glenn Kochi who um, were the launching pad for these songs. They wrote a lot of it together. And um, Glenn has always been a really great, interesting drummer. But this, the, the percussion throughout this album is so... It's subtle at times. It's really... Uh, it's it's strange. It's it's really cool and it mingles really well with Tweedy's uh, songwriting. the uh, The first single that came out for this new album is called "Love Is Everywhere, Beware," and um, Tweedy described it as how he, for years, would think that good outbalances bad in the world, like that people are general genuinely and uh good people and that they want the best for other people but but (laughs) and he's still he's like i don't want to lose that because that's damaging to how you see other people but (laughs) at the same time as recent events have shown us um you have to be on your toes a little bit and so that's the love is everywhere beware he, he does believe love is everywhere but at the same time you have to be you gotta beware beware um and that kind of i think uh really smart and um a great message as well it just is typical of jeff Tweedy's really great songwriting <sighs> typical Tweedy with his great songwriting Ugh, thanks a lot Tweedy. <laughs> um yeah he he is a great songwriter he is the album as a whole in his words uh is comprised of really big big folk songs these monolithic brutal structures that these delicate feelings are hung on Mm. what a wonderful statement let's listen to one of these awesome songs here's wilco with hold me anyway so you might not give a damn I'm like a hologram That is all I am 
can't keep It's the same as when I sleep If time is just to kill Gotta give that a lordy lordy Barry Gordy. Yeah. Oh my god, that was great. I would have loved I loved it from the beginning with just his folkiness mm-hmm. and then the other elements that came in, I loved that Yep. <laughs> that invitation of I'd be curious how they created that sound. That was really cool. And the guitar sound, like because I I'm a fan of Wilco, I've listened to 
a handful of the earlier stuff, but not like as much as you. Like obviously, I've listened to Yankee Hotel, um, Foxtrot, but then I liked Star Wars a lot. Uh, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. came out a couple albums ago, and like the guitar sound on that album was like very like sort of fuzzed out, blown out sort of sound. And then this uh, was really interesting how that electric uh, like solo came in and took me off guard. Sounds like classic rock, like yeah. Queen or something. And, or like T-Rex. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and then that chorus, I'm still digesting it, but it's like what he says, everything is poetry and magic. It's something too big to have a name because I feel like I've felt that before. It's just like, feeling you can't describe mm-hmm. and you it's um it sometimes feel like it's like that love is everywhere sort of feeling but then um even when you get it right it's tragic and when you die who's to blame and do you think everything will be okay is like that's that's a good fucking question dude <laughs> right yeah and he he is just such a good songwriter and i feel like the last few albums have been just uh, like like he said a little lower stakes they just make music and have fun and this feels different it feels like they really took a lot of time with it there's incredible lines throughout uh throughout the album if if you really uh pay attention one that really stuck out to me and um is i remember when wars would end now when something's dead we try to kill it again um Mm. just it's just full of these little nuggets spread throughout the album uh and it's um reminiscent of some of their best work in my opinion um it was hard to choose um a song from this album because it's it's like an album album where every song builds off of the next and it's taken best as a whole so i didn't really know like what was a standout track but i think this um it's a really good song um and showcases a lot of the interesting sounds that are going on the weird percussion like you said Mm -hmm. and that's throughout the album but also there's some really just interesting drumming throughout the album as well um and i when uh that the guitarist uh is nels klein and um he got added like to the band in 2007 and i haven't always like loved his guitar work because it's just so much and like sometimes i feel like it overpowers uh he's doing the most some songs yeah uh but i feel like they really utilize like he's an incredible guitarist like no no doubt about it i feel like on this album they really learned how to utilize his Hmm. uh his uh talent best and uh yeah it's it's really exciting i'm really excited to spend more time with it i have not listened to uh the album yet i liked the song they played on colbert Mm -hmm. and then hearing this i'm like damn this is some good shit so i gotta check it out yeah and it's not all doom and gloom on this um we've been talking a lot of the stuff we've been talking about is is doom and gloom but that song every everyone hides from uh that they played on colbert have you seen that music video no it's really great um they they're like just in a room playing the song and and the chorus is everyone hides you know and then they stop playing and they all put down their instruments. <gasps> Jeff Tweedy covers his eyes okay. count and counts to like a hundred. And they all, all the band members go and hide around Chicago in like at different landmarks. Like they're playing an epic game of hide and seek. Oh, it's, that's fun. It's a lot of fun. That it's sounds a, like a fun game. It's a really great music video. 
Um, well, it was kind of jaunty, even though mm-hmm. the lyrics, he pulled a petty. <laughs> he pulled a petty. <laughs> he pulled a classic petty. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was nice and jaunty and boppy, but then uh, sort of uh, some heavier lyrics there, which I love. Me too. So that was Wilco with Hold Me Anyway from Ode to Joy, which is out now on DBPM Records. DBPM? Yeah. DB, DBPM. Dem beats per minute. Yeah. Dem beats per minute. <laughs> Dem beats per minute. You know, I bet these uh, this album, I bet it's full of beats per minute. <laughs> I bet it is, too. I think you're right about that. All right, well, we got one thing left to do, and that's talk about the music we're excited for coming out this week in Shouts. First off, Alalas with their album Alas. I did a feature on them way yonder years ago, and uh, uh, some of those new songs are pretty cool, so check that out. Blue Hawaii. Open Reduction, Internal Fixation. Shouts to them. They're a cool man. I'll check that out. And then last, uh, Devante Hines, a.k.a. Blood Orange, and Third Coast Percussion. Not sure what that is. Fields, but shouts to shouts to them. I uh, love Devante Hines and love Blood Orange, so I'm always game for whatever he's got going on. What you got, Bry Guy? From what I understand... That Devante Hines Blood Orange album is a classic, classical composition experimentation sort of thing. That sounds cool. Yeah. I got Big Thief. Uh, they uh, had an album out earlier this year. This oh, is yeah, the second one. Chill, guys. This is the second, number two, and these songs are sounding really good. Uh, two Hands is the name of the album. Check that out. And Julian Chang, uh, with the album Jewels, I played a Julian Chang song uh, on the podcast. That song was awesome. And then, he, you know, like you know what this guy did? He released two better songs. And then I was like, I can't play him on the podcast because I played the other one on the what podcast. An asshole! Why would he do um, that? And so what I'm saying is, all three songs are so good. You should check them out. Oh, I might have to. Julian Chang check that guy out he's only like 19 he's fucking crazy all right well folks of course we are a planet ant podcast powered by pinecast head over to planetantpodcast.com check out all the great shows over there actually michael dupree uh and his wife did a wedding special he got married right around the same time as me so that's fun go check that out also check out offshelf.net they do a lot of cool stuff over there it's a website it's uh so much more they do the videos they do the reviews of music they do interviews with musicians they they do reviews of board games they what else do they do they do all sorts of stuff sign more up more than that yeah oh yeah for sure whoa um we both do uh do some writing for we it do writing from for uh it. from time to time and uh it's really good offshelf.net check it out you're inner canadian coming out there um well we are going to uh sign off um <laughs> that's not one but i like that's it. how it works i know canadian for planet and podcast and offshelf.net i'm luke leben saying you had better check your dang perspective already whoa
that was a little harsh, but I'll take it. And I'm Brian LeBen reminding you, don't let the bastards grind you down already. This is best song ever. ever.